0: This is the St. Louis Podcast Network.
1: You're listening to the Last Man Up Podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network, sdlpodcast.com. Matt Berger, Clay Byersdorfer, and Andy Hanselman alongside. Wherever you are listening to us, whenever you are listening to us, we hope you are well. If you are tired of hearing about the PGA Championship, well, I've got some unfortunate news for you because this entire episode is going to be all about Bell Reeve, uh, Katie Kearney, who was covering um, the PGA Championship for KMOX sports. Now, what station
0: is that? I've never heard of it before. Uh,
1: KMOX, uh, they're a fledgling station. Hopefully, they'll, they'll be able to make they it. They might be able to. They're, they're, they're kind of an up-and-comer. Okay. They're brand new on the scene, new kid in town, KMOX. Okay. All right. And then uh, Michael Willington. Is going to be joining us too. So we didn't have any guests for the last episode. But we got double Running your two, double up. Double we got up. double your pleasure today. Double up. Uh, now Clay, you were going to try to make it out there during the week or during the weekend. It just
2: it just didn't it just didn't happen. I'd rather not get into it, considering what I ended up witnessing was fantastic. And both of you gentlemen went. So I'm okay, would
1: be like, I went <laughs> yeah, exactly, That's but a- the whole world around it could have like completely blown up. and I never would have known. Okay. The, the too big to bank, the too big to bank that I work for is a tour sponsor. So it was like, Maybe a couple of months ago, yeah, we got an email saying, "Hey, we're looking for volunteers mm-hmm. for the 100th PGA Championship at Bell Reef." So everybody is like, all the guys are jumping on this. They're like, "Yes, I will volunteer because you get to go in free." Right. And then when you're done, like before your shift or after your shift, you can you can stay for as long as you want and watch as much golf as you want. So everybody's like, "Yeah, free admission, sweet, sweet absolutely, deal. absolutely." So everybody's volunteering left and right. And then I get a follow-up email, maybe about two or three weeks ago, saying, "Well, you'll be working one of the concession stands." And I'm like, "I do not like the sound of this at all. <laughs> I mean, I did not sign up to be like to work at some kind of Burger King fantasy camp." And that, I mean, like, don't <laughs> stick me behind a grill. You're teasing me with you know free admission into the PGA Championship, and now you're going to make me do the slave labor thing. You got this hustled. indentured servitude. And that's what I ended up doing. I got there and I was basically a bar back from nine from nine AM to 8 PM oh on my Friday. God.
2: Good workout though.
1: Very good workout. Yes. I mean I I have done bar backing before, but that was ten years ago. Right. And if you don't think there's a difference between a thirty year old body and a forty year old body, I got some news for you, Jack. There is a big difference. Big. Big, big, big difference. Big
0: difference. And
1: difference. that line on Friday, it did not stop. I'm sure it didn't stop it any just, any day there. No, but I mean, like, it really didn't stop until maybe about an hour before the rain started.
0: No, were you in the main stand there by? 17th tee. 17th tee, okay. So, we so are- there's that big stand right there by the merchandise tent, which is kind of by the driving range, by the 18th green, by the 10th tee, kind of by the pool. At no, we, we were right by the 17th tee. Okay, that's that's exactly where we were, and
1: I mean I haven't seen this many entit- entitled rich white people since the auction scene in Get Out. <laughs> I mean, it was <laughs> unbelievable about like those. most people were really nice, yeah. and some people got a little snotty, like yep. if they we didn't have the turkey sandwich ready in time and 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 stuff like that. And uh, the too big to fail bank I work for, like they gave us all polos to wear. I'm a big boy, the polo they gave me it didn't fit. So I wore my Raiders polo. Raiders. Yeah. So I got a lot of Raiders shout-outs from Love people. It. There this one guy, he kind of even joked, he goes, Oh, a Raiders fan, huh? He goes, Yeah, this is the kind of type of guy that's gonna jump over the counter and steal all my money. <laughs> and, uh-huh. I had, and I I mean I kinda heard it, you know, but I didn't really react to it and just yeah. should have done because he had a, a pretty hot girl with them. I should have looked at her and went, gave her a wing and said, And hey, steal your girl. <laughs> but I was there representing a charity. So anyway And you were
2: representing the people of st louis that too you were because who knows where that dick was from
1: exactly so anyway so the air horn goes off indicating that play has been suspended because there's lightning in the area and then it just pours down rain right and then everybody's kind of like huddled like packed into this tent huddled huddled underneath the overhang right Mm, right and like they're just basically at that point they're just kind of like taking beers out of the tub and i'm like you know i'm i'm too tired to even stop you just oh wow just have at it some, were,
0: so they were looting that they were looting they the tent. Kind
1: of sort of for the most part they would shout down to the person this is what I'm paying. It's like the old Bush Stadium days where you would pass your money down and they would pass it back. Oh gotcha. Okay. Okay. So it was, it was kind of like that. It's good to see a sense of community forming a, a little bit. Court. Really that's
0: kind nice. that of so nice. I'm glad it wasn't looting though.
1: And then there was <laughs> and then there was some like the whole kid that the kid that ran it he was some 24 year old kid named Hunter from Minnesota. Like this is what his company that he works for does they travel around the PGA Tour and set up these concessions Okay, and they work that and i mean he he was 24 yeah. so i mean he was completely blown away by everything right right he just kind of sat in the back and played on his phone and just gave out an order here and there and then like by 4 30 he goes look man you can just go ahead and go if you want i'm like you sure <laughs> and he's like yeah so i grabbed the burger and i grabbed the bottle of budweiser ate the hamburger slammed down a bottle of budweiser and i'm like it's pouring down rain i'm like screw it I'm walking back to the shuttle. I'm like, I'm not hanging out to see if this rain's going to. Yeah, it's pretty miserable. And like the day, the day's over. Right. So guess how much golf I got to watch on Friday? Zero. 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 Absolutely zero golf on Friday. It was a
2: good round that you missed.
1: But you could not ask for a better championship tournament in St. Louis. Like the tournament, I don't think the tournament disappointed, and I don't think the city disappointed either. Because no. not only were the players raving about it, everybody in the media was raving about it too. Uh, I didn't get to see much of the tournament on Thursday or Friday. And Saturday morning, I worked a couple hours, got home, and flipped it on TNT where Ernie Johnson was doing the play by play. And I would say in the first hour, Ernie Johnson twice complimented mm-hmm. St. Louis and how great the crowds were. Yeah.
0: The telling moment today was when Tiger Woods was walking across the bridge after finishing 18. Oh, yeah. It was and crazy. And waved down to the crowd. Yes. It, it looked like a football game. It looked like, like a, a football it, game. It looked like. It was unbelievable. Well, it gave me it gave me chills and made me yeah. so proud. And that's to how be is, to be from this area. From say,
2: so my buddy and I were talking about this before we came on the air today. And he said, it's so weird how you get this immense sense of pride when not even being there and just seeing how cool it is and living in the city oh, and that huge this, sense that of this pride.
1: huge Taren sports moment is happening. Taryn Gregson, she was here for, I think, the first couple of days. She was. But she was back in Jacksonville, uh, you know, anchoring the Yeah, And she tweeted out about, like, the chills that she was getting from the crowds, the crowd noise that she was hearing from, you know, people just cheering and going nuts. And, you know, Tiger Woods, like St. Louis and Tiger Woods, they've been, you know, two ships crossing each other in the night for a long time. Long time. 2001, he was supposed to play here. The terrorist attacks of of 9-11, they they, uh, canceled the tournament, the the, uh, WGC Amex uh, Open. They canceled that. And then 2008, he was supposed to play another tournament here too. BMW Championships. And he was injured, so yeah. he didn't get to play. So St. Louis and Tiger Woods have been kind of like on this collision course of love for a long time. Finally consummated. 20 years in the making. 21 fi- years in the making. Yep, finally consummated today. And I can't say either one was really disappointed. Oh,
2: man. you got to love it from St. Louis. I mean, especially with how Tiger's been playing as of late coming into this. And I think we talked about this last week is – he put himself in a really, really good position coming in this weekend because he had been playing so well. But to be a fan of the game, to be a fan of Tiger, to be a St. Louis citizen, it, it was really just a great weekend across the board.
0: And I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, two huge stories coming out of this thing. A, Brooks Kepka wins two, champion, two major championships in one year. Hasn't happened in a long time yep. since that's happened. Uh, I think Tiger was left to do it in 2000. And then also the same you know, the same deal where he is the only the fifth guy to win the PGA and the U.S. Open in the, in the same year, where um no I, I think that back it was Jordan Spieth who won two in a year uh same yep. year back in 2015.
1: and he's he's like one of five people More Jordan Spieth Tiger Woods Jack Nicholas Tom th- Tom Watson is in that group Tom yeah. well. Watson There's, to yeah, win huge, uh, to win
0: three majors under the under the age of thirty so yeah. and then sixty four is the lowest round Tiger has ever shot on a Sunday in a major ever and on any given Sunday. 64 wins you a PGA championship. Yeah, wins you a major on Sunday, no doubt. And it just and he and Kepka, and Kepka didn't have to match him birdie for birdie because he had a, he had a two shot advantage going into Sunday. But he matched him out and played him. And I, I think even if Tiger would have shot 62 today, he still would have gotten
1: that. That Brooks Kepka is as cool as a cucumber. I mean, <sighs> we we're watching him when he finally got like towards the end. He and Adam Scott were tied, and he took like a two stroke lead. Right. There was no emotion on his face whatsoever. You couldn't tell if this guy was about to win his third major in two years, or if he was playing a four-man scramble with his buddies. I mean, like you could not tell whatsoever by right. the look on his face. I'm not saying he was like an, out there like an emotionless robot. He was just so casual.
2: Oh, and it's crazy too because I mean, the guy ahead of him, Tiger, every hole that he does something, the crowd is going completely Nuts. Reaction. insane. Yes, and they're not. Go- and Kepka's got the the shot lead. So it's just funny that he's got to play behind the biggest story of the weekend, and he's going to walk away the winner.
1: And, and, and Tiger Woods, I mean, let's be honest, he's one of the biggest name athletes in the world. He yeah. is Ge- generational yeah. talent. Yes. So I mean, he, he he played great, but I mean, Tiger Woods, if he, even if he wasn't playing great, he could have got out there in the 18th hole and played the the drum solo, the wipeout on his butt, right. and the crowd <laughs> so would have gone wild. Well, for I was him.
2: I was telling Andy before you walked in that Kepka could have walked up to 18 and smashed somebody upside the face with a driver. And the story tomorrow still would have been <laughs> absolutely. That Tiger finished of course, second. it would have been. Yeah, of
1: course, it would have been. And then I
0: tweeted towards the end. I said because well, Kepka missed a putt on seventeen, that he uh, you know that would have sealed the sealed the championship for him at that point. Um, and then uh, and I said, oh, there's more. Just said this isn't over yet. There's more drama. Well, and then he nailed his drive on on eighteen. But the drama was is that by uh, Adam Scott bogeying eighteen put Tiger in second all by himself. And put an extra half million dollars in his
1: pocket. The tournament was everything that you could have asked for. The only thing that would have made it better is if Tiger Woods would have won it, but you can't complain about it. You can't complain about it. The course was great, it looked great on TV, the fans were phenomenal, and the players didn't disappoint. Joining us on the phone right now is the author of the book Birdies, Bogies, and Bipolar Disorder, and he's also the founder of the Birdies for Bipolar organization, which helps to raise funds for mental illness awareness. You can follow him on Twitter at mwellington3906. Michael Wellington, how are you, sir? Gentlemen, I'm doing well. Happy uh, PGA to all of you.
0: Yeah, happy PGA. What a Sunday! What do you? What are your overall thoughts on on today's activities over at Reef Country Club?
3: I don't think that could have gone better for (laughs) St. Louis. I don't think it could have gone better for the PGA of America. I don't think, I mean, the only thing that would have been better is if Tiger would have won and there would have been a playoff or something like that. But I mean, I think you got everything you wanted to see. I think you saw explosive birdies. I thought, I think you saw uh, guys chasing each other down, you know, guys making mistakes and getting back up and, um it was uh it was everything i think you want a major championship sunday to be
1: oh so it's like the people who were complaining about the course and that it was too easy well what what was your opinion of that because i've heard like what didn't david duvall complain about the course that the yeah. course is too easy well, there's
2: all those pictures that came out of like oh look at these greens look at the edges they're yellow and it's just yeah
1: like- so there, there were there, i mean it wasn't a universal applause but for the most part people were happy with it but what what was your opinion of people who had something negative to say about it
3: Well, I mean, if they're talking, if you view that as negative, uh, you know, towards the golf course and that it's too easy, I mean, let me tell you, every golf course these guys go to, they make it look easy. So that, that doesn't really, you know, make much of a difference to me. I do think that uh, Bell Reeves greens were certainly uh, a little slow and probably a little spotted up. I think you saw it with uh, Justin Thomas when he putted for birdie on number nine today. I think you saw one of his putts get airborne, but I mean, Everybody in the field's got to deal with that, so it's not like it's isolated to just one player, one commentator. You know, having a basis for that, it, it was a fair playing field, and uh, certainly, I think the best player won. And it was really exciting to see Tiger, uh, you know, kind of cement his place as a player on the Ryder Cup team today, and also get back in the mix. And you can see him, you know, he learned a little bit last time at the British Open about what it, you know how it felt to be in that position. He he learned a little bit more today, and. Uh, you know, if he can keep putting himself in, in that situation, uh, going into the, in the last four or five, six holes of a major championship, you're going to see him get a couple of it, see him get it done a couple times. But uh, as far as the golf course, I mean, the golf course, it, it, they showed they, they, it, it was exactly what we thought it was going to be. The rough was tough. If you drove it in the fairway, you could score. And if you hit your driver wayward, you were going to really be penalized and you were going to suffer. So I think it was great. I mean, I, I mean, 16 under. was that, I think that was the final score. What sixteen. 14.
1: No, the the leader was sixteen.
0: Oh, he was sixteen. Leader was was sixteen. Sorry, he was sixteen.
3: Yeah, Kepka got to sixteen. So I mean, that's you know, that's not astronomical. I mean, I think a couple years ago, Whistling Straits, they got it to twenty. Jason Day shot twenty or twenty-one on a very wet golf um, course
0: at Whistling Straits. A very wet golf course, right? So
3: yeah, so I think Bell Reef held up nicely. I think uh, you know, obviously, the players seem to like uh, the way the fans conducted themselves. I saw. A couple of interviews after the tournament was over and a lot of guys really raving about the positive uh, effect the fans had on all the players. And I think that's great. I think that's because, I mean, I experienced uh, the U.S. Open first, uh, you know, inside the ropes. And I heard those fans up there in New York and they frankly, they weren't very bright. And and they were a lot of there was a lot of negativity in in those fans. Obviously, a lot of the players in St. Louis thought that there was a lot of uh, positivity with the fans here. I don't see why St. Louis can't get a PGA Tour event here.
0: You caddied for Chris, like you mentioned. You Caddy for Chris Nagel, St. Louis, and and made the cut at the U.S. Open this year at Shinnecock Hills. And I heard a few comments that the PJ, that the USGA should kind of maybe take some notes on their playbook about how the PGA put together their championship this week. What are your thoughts on the, on the on comparing those two and the USGA making changes to the U.S. Open going forward?
3: Um, I think you're talking about two completely different organizations. I think they, I mean, I think if you talk to the people inside of each one of them. I think they probably would have uh, issues with the other uh, in certain areas. I'm sure they get along in certain areas as well. But, um, you know, the USGA, they just uh, they have a penchant for testing players. They want to they want to make it mentally demanding. They want to make it, uh, you know, they, they teeter on the line of, uh, of fairness when it comes to course setup. I think the PGA makes it a little bit easier for, for pros to make birdies. And that's OK. That's really to me. The only difference between the PGA and the USGA is. The USGA protects even par as a good score, and the PGA of America wants professionals to go out and make birdies, which they're very capable of doing, which is fun. I mean, I think it's fun to uh, uh, watch guys make birdies. You saw a lot of birdies out there this week, but you know, once a year, I think the USGA has it right. They're going to make par a good score, and and they don't always do that. I mean, a couple of years ago, at, uh, when Kepka won in uh, in Wisconsin at Aaron Hills, I think he shot six fifteen or sixteen under, something yeah. like that. So it's not. It's not completely – you know, this year was a perfect example because you had Shinnecock was playing so difficult and then the the PGA at Bellary was playing easier. So um, I just think one protects par and one allows birdies to happen.
2: Mike, one of the coolest things that I saw today was obviously Tiger, you know, on 18, on the green. He had known it or no knew at that point that he probably wasn't going to win the tournament, but he stepped up and still sank that putt on 18, gave the fist bump. From a confidence standpoint, from a the guy just looks like he's having a ton of fun standpoint, if you're Tiger Woods, you know, what are, what are your thoughts? You know, what are you thinking
3: right now? He's thinking I am reborn. <laughs> That's what he's thinking. No, I'm, I'm not joking. You know, I mean, he's thinking a year ago right now, he's watching the PGA on television. And not sure if he's ever going to play golf again. He's going to go, he's going to gamble with this back surgery. It, it paid off. The gamble paid off. And he's just, if you look at his world rankings starting in December and then you look at it now, he has climbed up probably more than anybody in the world rankings. It yeah. shows you that say what you want about Tiger, whether you like him as a player, whether you don't, whether you like him as a person, whether you don't, he's a hard worker. No and doubt. And you know what? Uh, I, I respect that. I applaud that. I mean, he's worked his way up the ladder. And you know what? I mean, after what I saw today, I want him on a Ryder Cup team 100%. So he feels reborn, and uh, he has got to be very excited to know that he's probably probably past the biggest humps he's going to face with the back. Now, I just hope the back holds up the way it can and we can get, you know, another 8 to 10 years out of him. So um, it's it's an exciting time. You know, Tiger coming back uh, into the golf, uh, you know, know the framework of regular golf every week is uh, is exciting for I'm sure the guys he's playing with and certainly exciting for fans so golf's in a really good place after today
2: you you talked about it a little bit but one of the other cool parts uh, of the weekend that I saw is Justin Thomas as he finished his round today uh, was giving an interview on on uh, you know with PGA Tour and he talked about you know his friendship with Tiger Woods and how cool you know it would have been to see him win. do you think a lot of the other guys in the clubhouse are thinking that same thing more or less just like you know, I, I want to be part of this history. I want to be at the course. You know, I want to be in the final round when Tiger wins it.
3: Yeah, I think there's probably a few guys that feel like that. They feel like, you know, if I can't win, you know, maybe Tiger can win. Because let's be honest, if you're a professional golfer and you don't win and Tiger does, that's more money in your pocket from a financial <laughs> standpoint going on down the line. But uh, I think there's, you know, there's certainly guys that are just are just as competitive as Tiger and they want to win. They don't care who Finishes first if they don't, but yeah, I think uh, if you love golf and and you're a professional golfer and you don't you can't win the event, right now, uh, it's really good for uh, for golf that Tiger's doing what he's doing.
0: No doubt, Mike. What was one of your favorite parts of the week?
3: My favorite, man. I'll tell you what. I I'll say this, Andy. The thing that I really enjoyed this week was the feeling that the a major championship and the PGA Tour was in town. I mean, I just felt like the city was buzzing. I felt like, you know, everybody at the golf courses that I was at during those, those days, I didn't really, I didn't get out to Belle Reve, but for 40 minutes on Tuesday morning, but, uh, you know, I I felt like it was really cool to have all of these things going on in St. Louis, whether it was the tournament at Belle Reve or the things going on around the city. Um, I, I just think, I think my favorite part was probably, um, just watching the back nine and knowing that all those those good people at Bell Reed that tried to put this together and the people in St. Louis that, that got the PGA Championship here, happy for those people that were able to get St. Louis back on the map and have just probably the most exciting major of the year. I mean, Patrick Reed wasn't all that exciting, let's be honest. I mean, the U.S. Open was kind of exciting. I mean, Phil kind of made a mess of it. Um, and then the British, you know, it was good golf, but I think this major was the most exciting one of the year. And I think that, uh, Easily. You, know, Easily. you know, to me that, that speaks on, um, on our city, you know, how we, how we present, uh, how, how we are as sports fans, you know, whether we're, you know, at the baseball game or we're at the hockey game or we're at the golf tournament, you know, we're always going to try to be positive because we want to see amazing things. And maybe that's why we saw all those birdies because oh, there was all that positivity out there. So I think just hearing that St. Louis, um, it was a, it was a shining light on St. Louis in a good way for a, for once in a long time.
2: Easy, Mike. We're only a two-sport town. <laughs>
3: yeah. two
2: town. Yeah. Two-sport town. Yeah, Stan Kroenke, we're a two-sport no, town. No one else needs to be able to make any money <laughs> in this town. No Mike. way. No way.
0: I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. I, 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 we, we were talking earlier. I, I've never felt more of a sense of pride in, in being from St. Louis than watching Tiger Woods walk across that bridge after finishing on 18 and waving to all the St. Louisans and uh, the, the the huge, huge crowds, and then how everybody raved all week about how polite the crowds were and how energetic and enthusiastic and, and polite, and you even talked earlier about how idiotic they were in energetic. New York. Energetic, yes. And how, yeah, just how energetic and how much they, they were able to feed off that energy and, and make this a great championship.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's about knowledge of sports, you know, and we're lucky to have a baseball franchise that we all follow very, very closely, whether they're – good or whether they're bad and we, we look at the intricacies and I think that everybody that went out to Belle Reve you know they got a, a chance to see everything up close and they saw the intricacies and then when you got arguably the best player in the world or the best player to ever play golf in the mix going down the last nine it just it really was uh, something special and I hope that the PGA Tour and uh, some of the other major championship uh, offices you know, take notice of the support that uh, the players enjoyed while being in St. Louis. I hope they, they keep an eye on that because, you know, certainly uh, we have the fan support to uh, to have anybody come back and have a big-time golf term in this town.
0: Our buddy Jay Randolph Jr. has kind of talked about that a little bit this week. And he said, you know, where, w- where would you have it? Um, he said, you know, Bell Reeve is not interested in hosting a, a yearly PGA Tour stop uh, Saint Albans has been thrown in the mix but they really haven't said too much whether or not they were in or out i can i doubt the membership at old warson wants to have anything out there do you think do you know of anywhere that could that could handle the infrastructure handle the stop or have or have another uh, or have another major championship here in st louis
3: certainly you're you're landlocked at old warson i feel like the membership at old warson would consider it if they had um a situation where they could park everyone effectively but there's just there's not enough entrances into that property, unfortunately. I think the golf course is good enough. Um, as far as St. Albans goes, I was actually at St. Albans yesterday, and I thought about that question, Andy. I, I I looked at the facility. I thought, well, how many? Is there a way to get enough people here, whether they're fans or workers or volunteers or, you know, the equipment trucks and all? Is there enough space? Uh, I don't know if there's enough entrances there. The place that I think it would be possible. Would be a Fox Run, and I think you try to do that. If you were going to do that, you'd have to. It'd have to be like a late September, early October right. event, or potentially, potentially mid October. It Depends on the weather. But that golf course certainly has the teeth. I think you could find, um, you know, maybe some parking out in Eureka. There might be some space out there. Um, Six Flags parking again, lot. It, 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 yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, but it's 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 just a tall order to put all of it together. I, the other place that you could consider. And I, it may be too small uh, with the parking and whatnot. Would be Meadowbrook. Uh, Meadowbrook has a golf course that's good enough to uh, every bit as good enough as be- as Bell Reeve. Um, but I just you know it, the key to it all is parking. Yeah, it I think really the, and I think
0: the PGA did a great job with the parking at Fenton, um, and the parking at and, and doing the the drop offs at Westminster. Um, I, I experienced it all on Wednesday, and it was I mean there was no wait. There was it was perfect. It was there were no problems with it at all getting people in and out of there.
3: Good. I mean, I I've heard mixed reviews. Um, I heard some people struggled. I had some buddies of mine that I had obtained a parking pass from a buddy of mine who was caddying, and uh, I gave it to some friends that went out to the tournament today, and they thought that that parking pass saved them maybe ninety minutes of travel. Oh wow! Um, I mean, in so, the open, yeah, in, yeah, the I mean, overall, in the
0: overall, in the overall scheme of things, when you're waiting for a bus and there's a, and there's fifty, sixty thousand people at the golf course, I mean, there, there's going to be some wait time. I mean, you, you, I think you just kind of have to expect no,
3: that. So. No, no question. Yeah, no question about it.
0: Mike Wellington on the phone with us right now. You can follow him on Twitter at M
1: Wellington three nine zero six. He's the author of the book birdies, bogeys and bipolar disorder. But tell us about your foundation, the birdies for uh, birdies for bipolar and what it means to you and how you've been able to help other people.
3: Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, birdies for bipolar. We started it in very, very late December of 2012. And uh, I had written a book about my life playing professional golf that, uh, in the time frame of two thousand one to two thousand eleven and uh that book came out in uh late two thousand fifteen and so as a branch off the book we started um Birdies for Bipolar which is our um you know awareness building and um fundraising efforts to help people and families struggling with bipolar disorder. Um and other we try to help other mental health causes too. Uh we're still growing. We have you know events in St. Louis. Andy came out and played uh in our event in uh, July 4th park, which is big success. We have an event coming in new Orleans on November the 9th at Lakewood golf club down there. And I'm efforting um, a tournament in February, down in South Florida, February or March of 2019. So my goal with it and my vision with it is to just have golf events in different cities around the United States, bring awareness to um, mental health, uh, talk specifically about bipolar disorder, help people understand that, you know, this is a, a mental illness that can be managed. It's a mental illness that can be, um, you can, I always say in a lot of the talks that I give, you can play defense against uh, bipolar disorder and, and other mental illnesses. So, you know, we're just trying to create a new awareness and help people see that they can battle this thing, battle this these mental illness issues and, and still come out on top. Um, so that's kind of the the theme of, of what we're trying to do with Birdies for Bipolar. And uh, it's really, uh, it's been an interesting process. You know, the first three years were, kind of slow moving and things have really picked up for us in the last uh six to eight months um just planning new events and you know getting new people involved and uh it just it seems like the more i go around the more people that i meet whether they're golf people or not you know everybody has a connection to mental illness and and some people have connection to bipolar some people have a connection to anxiety some people have a a connection to ocd um it's just everybody seems to be dealing with something we're just trying to you know, point people in the right direction in in their efforts to try to be as healthy as possible. And, you know, I'm a person that was diagnosed in 2001 with bipolar disorder, and um, I've learned a lot of things over basically a 17-year case study that I've done on myself on what I need to do to, to, again, to play defense against bipolar. And uh, I I feel like I've figured out some things that have been very beneficial for me, and I try to share all these ideas with people that I meet. And, uh, you know, we've been able to, through a lot of, uh, you know, Interviews like this on podcasts and radio stations, uh, we've had a chance to grow a little bit and help more people. And, um, you know, if you guys know anybody that's struggling, please uh, point them towards our website if we can do anything to help them or point them in the right direction. That's what we're going to try to do. I
1: I was reading this article that Dan O'Neill wrote about you in 2015 about how when you were living in Fort Myers, Florida, that you made the 150-mile journey up to Orlando uh, to Tiger Woods' house. And you rang the gate and you were going to challenge him to a game of golf (laughs) one-on-one Um, yeah. th- does tiger know the story and has he ever contacted <laughs> you about it? I,
3: I'm going to, I'm going to guess that he doesn't know the story.
1: I mean, um, I, I, I think that this is something that, I mean, cause tiger's kind of gone through what he went through back in 2010. Yeah. So he kind of know, I mean, he's been humanized. You know, many hum- times humbled. since then. Humbled. Humbled. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Clay. Um, so I think that I think it's something, I think this is a story that Tyre would probably want to hear and he, you know, might be interested in helping you with your organization. I would find some way to reach out to him. Seriously.
3: Well, if you have a way to get in touch with him, please let me know. Hold on, I got uh, him. I got him
1: on myself right yeah, now. Give him a call. Yeah.
0: Hey, Tiger, just you busy
1: right now? Yeah, he, I think
0: he's Just send him a DM on Twitter. I think it's at Tiger Woods.
1: His <laughs> private jet is actually waiting for me at Spirit of St. Louis <laughs> right. Airport. So we kind of, kind of, going to wrap this up. We're here, trying right? to wrap it up, Mike. Come on now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know that that's an interesting uh, situation now because when I did that, when I was suffering from. You know, serious mania, you know, engulfed in the middle of the very beginning of my bipolar disorder. Right after that happened was when I was diagnosed. Obviously, that would be a good reason for me to get diagnosed. Um, although, you know, I, I thought I was a pretty good college player, and, you know, it was all kind of the wrong thing working towards that situation happening. Luckily, not, not, nobody was injured. I didn't get in any trouble. It was just kind of something that happened that, you know, uh, fizzled away. But, you know, a couple of years ago, obviously, I think Tiger had some troubles of his own, and I, I thought about. When I saw him go through that, I, I thought a lot about some of the things that I'd gone through. And I think we, we have that in common. I mean, his, his situation, I don't believe he has bipolar disorder at all. But, um, you know, whether it's some sort of addiction or we had too many drinks or, you know, tried to uh, self-medicate, uh, you know, we, we definitely, you know, life can be tough sometimes. And I think we, we shared that after I saw him go through that. And like you said, he became a little bit more human. Um, it kind of helped me resonate on a different level with him. I mean, uh, obviously, he's always going to be, in my mind, one of the best players to ever play golf. And, you know, you you certainly have that uh, respect for him like that. But to see – and that makes what what he's doing right now all the more impressive. You know, he was, you know, really in the dumps, and uh, he's turned it around. And, uh, again, I go back to that's because he's a hard worker. And, and maybe that's another thing he and I have in common. You know, I, I've tried to work hard to battle for my own uh, mental health. You know, for many years there, it was really – uh, not looking good for me, and I had to I had to work really really hard to get myself in a position to be healthy. And so, yeah, maybe he and I do have a little bit in common. And if there's a chance that I could ever meet him, you know, maybe we could talk about that. I could certainly make fun of uh, myself when I met him. I don't know if that'd be the first thing I'd bring up to him. <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> but, uh, lead with that,
1: Mike. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, lead. with Find, that. find a different um, icebreaker.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's something that uh, me and my friends laugh about now, but certainly at the time, it was it was a little bit alarming. But sure. you know. 23-year-old kid, undiagnosed bipolar, confidence running at the gills, uh, mania flowing. There, I can't really explain that. I mean, there's a lot of things. And to be honest with you, that was relatively reasonable compared to some of the other things bipolar disorder made me do. That's for sure. And I, and I have highlighted a lot of those stories in my book. So uh, if anybody wants to get the book, they can go to Amazon.com and check it out. Because the Tiger Woods story is about a C a on the level of uh, entertainment when it comes to uh, – um, what I saw when I was in a manic state with the bipolar.
1: Well, Mike, uh, we appreciate you sharing your, your life story with us, and we wish you nothing but the best going forward with the charity and maybe you've got another book in you. And with the golf career, we appreciate you making time for us.
3: Fellas, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'd love to do it any time, and uh, good luck with the podcast. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Mike. Thank you, Michael. All right, fellas, be good.
1: That was Michael Wellington of the book uh, Birdies, Bogeys, and Bipolar Disorder. Like you said, go to Amazon.com and pick up a copy. You're listening to the Last Man Up Podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network, stlpodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Burger. You can follow Clay on Twitter at Ton of Clayton, and you can follow Andy on Twitter at Emo6. Joining us on the phone right now is Katie Kearney. She was covering the PGA Championship for KMOX Sports, and she is the former Miss Missouri 2012 Clay's old job. You can follow her on Twitter (laughs) at Katie Kearney underscore. Katie, how are you? I'm fantastic.
4: I'm out here at Belle Reve, the fans are going crazy. Everybody is celebrating Brooks' amazing win. It's just been fantastic, fantastic week.
1: Uh, much like everybody else, I was watching Tiger Woods. I believe he was on the fifth tee, and I saw you kind of like crouch down behind him like everybody else was watching. What was it like to be part of that Tiger Woods phenomenon and, and, and watching him play golf bec- and live and in person? Oh, it
4: was like nothing I have ever seen being – on the tee with Tiger Woods. Like, I've never seen anything like it. When you go up, I mean, on, what was it? I guess it was Thursday. He was playing with world number two, Justin Thomas. Nobody would give him the time of day. I mean, it was like he didn't even exist. And then Tiger's there, and everybody, nobody would even breathe. It was as silent as could be. You could hear only the wind. He just has this effect on people, this magic that is just, something I cannot even describe I've never experienced anything like it.
1: it it seems like the crowds were really into it too like you were saying I mean what was in that that line in the movie Malcolm X uh, when the police uh, sergeant said that the guy that could start a riot could stop it too with the, just the stroke of his hand it seemed like Tiger had like the, the, the PGA crowd the singless crowd at Bell Reef kind of under his spell Tiger effect
4: the Tiger effect yes it was magical and I I you know I really was rooting for him simply because of that Exactly what you said, the Tiger Effect. Um, but I think Brooks—it was really well deserved—and he is just so focused as well on the tee. But yeah, some man, something about Tiger—he's just got that magic.
2: Katie, I'm sure you talked to a lot of people over the last, you know, a couple of days or so. But what was the most memorable or best moment uh, from the interviews that you had?
4: You know, it's actually funny. This is my very first major that I'm covering. And my very first interview when I arrived was with Brooks Kepka. So, <laughs> no pressure
2: there. No well? pressure.
4: Yeah, and I mean, I had no idea he was going to play so well. And I kind of just asked him. Just, I just wanted to get to know him as a person, so I asked him what reality TV shows he watches, what he does in his downtime. Like, not a single golf-related question, very well. What did <laughs> he say? I'm curious. What did he say yeah, to that? Um, he doesn't seem like he's a real well, lot. I like, asked him Watches golf. He says no. He thinks golf is boring. Um, <laughs> he's, he's not a golf fan. He is a big fan of reality TV. He loves Bravo. Like oh,
2: real, like Real Housewives.
0: Uh, that was such a
4: no. Oh. He's, he's more like a Southern charmer. Oh, oh, um, okay. And then a Million Dollar, dollar Listing, about, that kind of show. Yeah. <laughs> Asked him about his time in St. Louis. He said he just has a chef and he goes and works out at Lifetime Fitness. Oh, he um, hundred
2: percent think- works out. He's jacked. <laughs>
4: They, uh, one of the press conferences, was asked how much he uh, spent. They said three fifteen. He just nonchalantly was like, "Oh, nothing impressive, 315, <laughs> <Well>, I mean, <laughs> I <was> like, uh, <laughs> <hey."> <laughs> this
5: guy
4: is a linebacker. I mean, he looks nothing like a golfer. No. He- and um, it's just fantastic. He was just such a cool dude. You know, it's just somebody you'd want to go to the bar with. He's just an awesome guy. So. It was really cool that that was my very first interview, my professional interview, and it was in my hometown. And then he ended up winning.
2: Stars it, aligned, Katie. It,
1: it, it, We were kind of talking it about, is. we were kind of talking in the first segment about how cool he is because just watching, I mean, you probably get to notice when you were there, you know, watching it in person, when you're seeing it on TV, Brooks Kepka, I mean, when he finally had that two stroke lead, like with two holes left. I mean, you couldn't tell by a look in his face that he was about to win his second major in or his third major in two years. You could have thought that he was, no. you know, you know, watching grass grow or, you know, playing a four-man scramble with his buddies or, I mean, he just, no reaction whatsoever.
4: Absolutely. And even in the press conference just now, you know, how he speaks about it, it's his job. So for him, you know, it's kind of one of those things where they say, like, act like you've done it before. He really does. He just, it's his job, and he's so focused, he's so professional, he thinks about every single shot, and so for him, I don't, he's just, I mean, he's just adding another one to his list, which is just going to show that he's just going to be such an amazing amazing, um, legend, I mean, he's definitely going to be up there, I think, with one of the best golfers that's ever lived.
2: Speaking of greatest golfers that have ever lived, I've seen that you've talked with uh, Jack Nicholas at one point, and I'm so eager to know what that conversation was about.
4: <laughs> yes. Well, I've, uh, I mean, that was one of the biggest excitements in my career. I've always been a Jack Nicholas fan, and I was at Creighton Farms covering um, his foundation that he always has every year. And talking to him, he was just so humble, so kind. I mean, he would talk your ear off, and um, – he just could not have been kinder. And what he does for charity and him and his wife, Barbara, I mean, she's just so supportive. I even asked her how, what her secret was to their marriage. And she said to just basically be the rock in them. And I always support him no matter what. And they're just, he's just such a legend. And it was amazing to speak with him.
0: Katie, aside from the interviews, what was your most favorite part of the week here at Belle Reef in St. Louis?
4: I that's such a hard question I was just speaking that it was up there was one of the best weeks of my entire life but it was really cool being from St. Louis and being able to have my first major be in St. Louis and all my family and my friends my godson everybody to be here and kind of share that with me I think that was just amazing
2: we're happy to share it with you too. absolutely
1: Now (laughs) you've modeled all over the world and I'm sure in between shoots you've played a lot of golf what's your favorite course to play
4: my absolute favorite is Pearl Valley in South Africa. It's just <laughs> beautiful. It's in between. Um, I just played their last track. week. <laughs> <gonna win>. Casual <laughs> South
0: Africa <laughs>
2: drop. No big deal.
4: Hey,
0: in and a and a, and a, and a St. Louis note, Brooks Kepka is the first non-South African to win a major at Bell Reeve. That's a t-
1: that's fact-finding wow. mission. Fact-finding yeah, mission. Yeah, because Gary, Gary Player Gary won in player like, and like Pri- 1962. In
0: 1965, and then Nick Price won in 1992. <laughs> there we go.
1: That is
4: Phenomenal
1: fact. And I wish I <laughs> <there> it's, <laughs> it's all coming back, and all leads, all roads lead to South Africa. Absolutely, that's, Absolute, that's what it is. And all leads exactly. back to Johannesburg. <laughs> exactly.
4: Well, and I just interviewed Brandon Stone today as well, and I wish I had spoken
1: to you guys before that. <laughs> well, maybe you can go back and ask a follow up. I don't know. There you go,
0: Katie. Did you talk to any of the Australian guys this week, and what were their thoughts on the on the passing of Jared Lyle? I really thought there was an intangible there. Uh, today with Adam Scott that he might Pull through and win this thing uh, In memory of his, of his friend who passed away
4: Yes Yes um, I think everybody was pulling for Adam it, Specifically for that reason um, It was really Really amazing because so many of the Well pretty much all the guys wore A yellow ribbon on their hat And that was such a beautiful um, remembrance for him uh, I know it was a really hard time for a lot For everybody and, um yeah, I think it was really – everybody was pulling for Adams for that reason. Uh,
1: this is our first time speaking with you, so I had to do a little research. And I found out your father is Timothy Kearney. He's the former Dallas Cowboy and a St. Louis Cardinal linebacker. So that means that he played for the great former Big Red coach, Jim Hannafin. I know you've got a great Jim Hannafin story. Let's hear it.
4: <laughs> oh, God, See, it's funny because Jim Hannafin is basically like my crazy – uh grandpa I suppose Wow! Like, <laughs> I spend every Thanksgiving with him um, I, it's hard for me to like um, think of him in that way because I'm just so used to all those guys I mean every Thanksgiving Jan Dierdorf, Jim Hannafin Carrie um, Miller, Jim Hart all those guys always get together and they tell the same exact stories <laughs> every, <laughs> they mm-hmm. think they're funny every time <laughs> And it's so fun to watch them all together. It's just like they're back in the day playing football. It's like nothing even skips a beat. So I don't know. All those guys are just like my uncles and my grandfathers. And um, it's really fun to have them. In my life,
1: I, I can't imagine what it was like for you back in high school. Like, you know, you are you got a boy, he's coming over to take you out, and you're all excited, and then he knocks on the door. and Here's your dad, who was a, you know, NFL linebacker, so you know he's going to be big. And then odds are that Dan Deerdorf may be hanging out there right. and Jim Hannafin. You want to talk about intimidating?
2: Not intimidating to Katie, though. <laughs>
1: Apparently not, well, but the 16 year old kid's going to be like, uh, n- bye.
2: She trumps all the football hard asses. <laughs> Katie's more tough than all of them. <laughs>
4: My dad also wrestled a uh, grizzly bear for publicity. What? That that, that picture always really helps.
2: We need need to have you more (laughs) often to talk about
0: cool stories. Yeah, we
1: need to have you on. Okay, I can't believe we only have you on. This is the first time.
0: We should have you on at least once a month. Did he run the Flint Tropics?
4: (laughs) 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 I guess this is why I'm still single.
1: I don't know. Whoa. Where did your dad wrestle a grizzly bear? Where? Yeah, where was this?
4: Um, I think it was up in northern Michigan. They, you know. Flint? Clearly, they would <laughs> never do this now. It wasn't out in the wild, obviously. Well, I would hope but, not. Um, <laughs> I, I, clearly, now it would be like there would be so many rules and regulations about it. But, yeah, back in the day, they were just like, hey, Tim, do you want to do a publicity stunt where you wrestle a grizzly bear? And, of course, my dad is like, yeah, obviously. So, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> how'd, the fight, the how'd the fight response. end up?
2: That's what I want to know. Yeah, who won? Who
1: won? Your, your dad or the bear?
4: Well, my dad's still alive. There,
1: we go. <laughs> there you go. Your dad won. Oh, so he won.
4: I would
1: call that a solid win. <laughs> Katie, thank you so much for making time with us. Uh, I'm oh, glad that uh, I'm glad that you had a great week. Uh, everybody, make sure you follow Katie Kearney on Twitter, uh, at Katie Kearney underscore. Do not follow her in real life, Andy Hanselman.
0: I follow her on Instagram already, though.
1: There, you can follow her on Instagram. Yeah. Katie, thank you so much. We look forward to having you on again soon. Thanks, Katie. No, Thanks, Katie. thank
4: you. You guys are awesome. Talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, Katie. Take care. Bye-bye. That is the great Katie Kearney. I would say a a St. Louis daughter is the best way to look at it. We have St. Louis sons. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin Klein would be one. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula John would Hamm. be one. John Hamm would she be Joe one. Joe Buck. She,
2: she just started to get her foot in the door, too. Jason,
1: Jason Tatum, I would say, is Jay one. Jay Randolph Jr. Jay Randolph Jr. <laughs> <laughs> David Lee. Jenna Fisher is a daughter of St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Katie Kearney.
2: St. Louis, we're offering something to the world. Absolutely, that should be the new catchphrase of the city. Yeah, you know what? What? We can we can do stuff. Yeah. St. It's better. St. Louis. We, hey, St. we St. can do things. We can do
0: things. It's better than the than the current uh, visitor convention bureau thing. But St. Louis is all within reach. That's dumb. oh, that's bad. Have you seen those where it's like St. Louis and then has the arch and has the is down below it? So it's St. Louis, that but it's St. Is,
1: Louis. That is almost as bad as the I'm sold on St. Louis. You yeah. know, I have that back song. In, back in the, what was it, the 1980s? You want to hear the song? With when Hale one? Irwin. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that I remember that campaign when I was a kid. It was probably <sighs> probably before your time there, Clay. Probably. But a lot of stuff. There you
2: guys, a lot. There were a lot of, a, of stuff you guys talk about is before my time. There are a lot of great. you you're
1: you're an you're an ad guy, so give this. You have a point. I, up? T-
2: they should have hired me because I could have came up with something. I just came up with something. That's, no, this was could, St. Louis. We, we can do stuff.
0: We can do stuff. St. Louis. We can do stuff. We're it's, awesome.
1: It's better than St. Louis is whatever. St.
0: Louis is. St. All Louis within. is. That yeah.
2: is a terrible slogan. Although I will
1: is. say that now that they have Sterling K. Brown, he's another son of St. Yes. Louis. We forgot to mention. Yes. That I do like how they're having him doing the kind of like the St. Louis commerce commercials, kind of like advertising tourism. I think he does a great job. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a lot better than what they had before that, you know, the girl with the ukulele. No offense to her, but <laughs> girl with the ukulele. Called her out. Girl I mean, with the ukulele. Well, the, I, mean, that's what, I mean, that's what it was, wasn't it? it wasn't a ukulele. No, you're, you're 100% it right. It was a small, I mean, nothing against her. She's, she's fine, but Sterling K. Brown has won awards and people know who he is as he's, opposed to some girl singing he, a song. He's prominent. He was prominent compared
2: to ukulele girl. Yes, but very much so. I might be more prominent than ukulele girl. Yeah, I think you <laughs> might be.
0: I'm going to try to pull this up so you guys keep keep talking. Okay.
1: Uh, um I know we were going to make this whole thing about We got to talk we got to talk about the Cardinals for 3 we'll, minutes. We'll talk about the Cardinals for 3 minutes. Uh we may have been premature in saying the season is done. They are now like with what Two games. I think
0: two games back. Within, just swept the Royals.
1: Just swept the Royals. Two games within the the second wild card spot. Yep. So Mike Schilt, I mean, he is making this team better. Uh, I'm still not ready to give him the full time job I know a lot of people are yep. people either they wanted to give it to him or they wanted to give it a stubby clap and I mean, I'm going to say I'm going to keep saying it until it happens let's just bring in somebody from the outside just one time let's just see what ha- I mean the last time we did that it was Tony La Russa, and it worked out pretty good Yeah. so let's, let's try that again let's bring in somebody from the outside who's mm. going to have a, like a little bit of a, of a fresh perspective right. saying you know what this is what you guys do all this stuff great but this is what you do wrong yep. sometimes you kind of Need that instead of like we 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 spent the past five days the city of St. Louis patting itself on the back yep. and rightfully so about the the crowds out at Bell for the PGA Championship. But sometimes what you got to do is you have to have someone come in and say, okay, you did a, this is where you did great, but this is where you need improvement. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of like an outsider like Joe Girardi or whomever it may be. That's something that they could do. Do you have the pulled up now? Yeah, here we go. Okay.
0: ridiculous. You get a picture 1985. It reminds
2: me of the song to uh, Raging Rivers.
1: A little bit, yeah. Raging Rivers! It's cool It's cool. time. Cool.
2: Alright, kill this for the love of God. <laughs>
0: Let's get back to the chorus one time. It's only a two, it's only a two minute song.
2: You don't look impressed whatsoever. I'm not. I'm I was really high on St. Louis out of the past couple days, and then I got that shit. That just killed the buzz. I've got, that, that just just buzz. I've, got
0: I've got more of these.
2: Things. I do want to, I do want to, I do want to turn that crap off. For lo- this, no, oh what,
1: what was that? Shakedown by Bob. No, Seger?
0: this was called the Grand Slam Jam. That sounded like
1: Shakedown by Bob Seger. <laughs> and then
0: also have calling air traffic control, uh, heading for a planet Mars. Okay,
1: you know we, we've had a good episode. But let's let's not let's, let's not gonna, kill. It's been a great kill. episode. I do want to. I do
2: want to bring out uh, Tiger Woods. Just tweeted. I can't thank the Fans of St. Louis enough for packing the course all week and for their enthusiasm and support, it meant so much to me. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but that that's really really cool. That's Absolutely,
1: huge. one of the biggest athletes in the world tweeting out love to St. Louis, one hundred percent. Fantastic, it's huge.
2: Fantastic.
1: Now, like, let's kind of put everything into perspective. It's. I mean, I'm not saying that Tiger Woods is disingenuous. He's one hundred percent genuine when he's saying that, and you know, we're all we're all having this high about the love that we're getting from the sports world. Yep. Let's just see if we can find something that we can build on. Yeah. You know, in, in two weeks, if we're still kind of, like, talking about this, then it's going to look like it's kind of pathetic.
2: Well, if you're in – I mean, if you're part of, you know, any of the, the St. Louis – what is it? The St. Louis Sports Area Council, whatever that holds – that is responsible for scheduling all big events that aren't team-related. What is that called?
0: The St. Louis Sports Commission. Sports Commission. Kind of you by look, Vince Viverito. Uh, uh,
1: is you, that his name? Vince The I, I believe so, yeah. Okay. yeah.
2: You look at the past couple of days and you look at the success and then you get the financial numbers back. I can't tell you how much money the city just made over the weekend. Oh, yes. The, the, the
0: it made a about a, We're about $125 million was the was the economic impact. It may have been more. Had it had to have been more than it's that. It's ridiculous.
1: Because I don't think they were fully prepared for the size of the crowds that they had at Bell Reve. No,
0: they oversold the tournament. But was, I'm just saying It like, was oversold, so yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it was... The, the concession
0: stand that I worked at on Friday, we were completely overwhelmed. Right. I mean, it's like, it's like a wedding reception. You, you invite... 200 people but you hope like 150 people show up exactly
2: <laughs> except for 200 turns That's, into be like 100,000 right that, that
1: that is the best way to put it
2: so if back to my original point if you take a look at this success from the past couple of days you see the numbers come in you have to 100% start thinking what's next Yes. How can we build on this? That's what I'm saying. You get together with the people, you know. Whether it's bringing another, I, you're not bringing another organization. I don't, I don't think to the, you know, to the city anytime soon. But what are some other areas that we can capitalize?
1: 100 percent have to look at. What, what I don't want to happen is what happened when they had the Winter Classic uh, a couple years ago. And The Winter Classic was fantastic. It yeah, was a, one of
0: the best events I've ever been to. It uh,
1: had a great turnout. The community really supported it, and they got a lot of praise from the sports world about it. But it seems like three weeks later, people like, you know, the talking heads around St. Louis were still talking about the Winter Classic. And right. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys, you're talking about a hockey game right. that was played outside three weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it got a little bit okay. What was that? One of Tony Soprano's greatest lines is that the lowest form of conversation is remember when. Oh, no doubt. Oh, no yeah. doubt. So we got to find some way to build on I'm not. Sh- I mean, I'm not sure what we can or how we can, but right. we have to find some kind of way to build on it. And
2: I'm sure that they're already, you know, identifying areas of opportunity, but I completely agree. It, you know, after the Winter cl- there was so much hype up to the Winter Classic, much kind of like, you know... The, the championship over the over this past weekend but then it just kind of fell flat and, and nobody cared well and
1: here's another thing too like with the winter classic and, and i think st louis kind of still is not nearly as much when the winter classic happened but we were still in healing from the nfl leaving oh, the yeah, city from the second absolutely.
2: time it, you needed that i mean that was such a great thing for the city at that
1: particular time now the funny thing is is that the the rams are out in los angeles and yeah the team is better the team is going to be good this year but everybody out in Los Angeles, they're just killing time until the Lakers season you starts. You better hope LeBron doesn't play on Sunday afternoon. Well, you better hope that LeBron <laughs> you know twists an ankle or something like right. that and is going to be out for an extended period yeah. of time because I'm telling you right now, everybody out in Los Angeles, the, the like the big sports fans in L.A., yep. the Rams are going to be something that's going to be a distraction until it's basketball season and LeBron hits with the Lakers. You know what's crazy is LeBron
2: is 100% going to
1: show up to a game in Rams gear. Absolutely. I think he's already shown up to a practice. I,
2: I don't know if I've been more excited to just see – like LeBron, James is wearing Rams gear. And LeBron's
1: a Cowboys fan. Right. Well, he's a whoever's hot right now fan. No, he I mean he's he's always been a Cowboys fan.
0: <laughs> back to this stuff we were talking about just a second ago. There were a, there was a similar reaction from the PGA after 92. There was a similar reaction from the NCAA after 2005 after the after the final four. Oh yeah. We loved being here. The fans were great. We had an awesome experience. Somehow and this goes back to the separation of the city and the county that there's not a regional there's not a regional government authority to go out and recruit these events. No, and that is the problem.
1: And here's another problem too. And and the NCAA has told the people that own has told the city this about uh, it's not Scott Trade anymore. What is it? Enterprise. The Enterprise, Enterprise Center. The Enterprise Center. That until major upgrades are made to this, you're not. We're not coming. Well, back. Well, I think yeah. that's why they're doing it. That's they, why they're, they have do, to. Yeah, I think
0: they're, yeah. they're upgrading the seats this summer. Yeah. At Enterprise.
1: And we talked about that with Mike Wellington, like where are you where are you going to hold another tournament? like where can you do it? Right. yeah it's, I mean, it's more than just okay, whether or not people are going to show up. you know people are going to show up. We've proven that.
2: it's logistically
1: logistically, where are you going to do it? You mentioned St Albans. I'm not sure how you would do that with St. Albans because St. Albans is, you know, for, for people in St. Louis, St. Albans might as well be on the moon.
0: It's
2: it's a hall out there. Especially
0: I mean, if if, for you guys to say that, I mean, for you to say that, who lives in St. Peter's? You're right. a, you're a, you're no. a, you're 45 minutes closer to St. Albans than I am.
1: Okay, I'm. No, I'm just talking about as someone like I'm from St. Louis, but I've always been, I've always felt more like an outsider than someone who's actually been a part of the community, right. and that's the, the reason I grew up in Franklin County, and now I, I mean I lived in St. Peter's for the past two years. Living in Franklin County and living in Washington, Missouri, which is not that far away, but when you tell people where you live, I might as well tell them that I lived on Venus. Right. Because there's a lot of people in St. Louis who think that the world ends at the 270 loop <laughs> and the people who live outside the 270 loop, it think, they think it ends at the 141 loop. They don't cross if, the line. They don't cross the line. It doesn't matter what you're going to sell. It doesn't matter how good of a deal you have. They are not going to drive all the way the hell out there. I'm just telling you it's how it same is. same deal. No, you know, feel-
0: like when they were talking, someone was talking about the, the whole Amazon deal when, they, when the the amazon hq2 the this this the st louis area submitted like five different proposals like there yep. was one from the metro east there was one from st louis city yeah there's one from st louis county there was one from st charles there was one from maryland heights well there, there is going to be like an amazon distribution center going in st peter's and there's yeah and there's a bunch over here in edwardsville already they they, yeah. they employ about four thousand people in edwardsville
1: there's some in hazelwood too yeah right yep yeah
0: so but i, so, I know I mean, it, it's 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 that whole government, you need that unified government. And they don't have it. And they don't have it. And that's how you get those big events here. Absolutely. That's how you get PGA Tour stops. That's how you get, you know, and the reason that we had to major this year was because Ozzie Smith. Put it together. But Well, yeah. Well, he founded a thing called the PGA Reach, which is reaching golf to inner city kids mm-hmm. and otherwise kids who would not be, who would ever be exposed to golf. Yep. And as a token of thanks, because this that program is spread around the country. They, that's why I so said we'll bring the PGA to Reef. Or, or to St. Louis, and, yeah. they had, and, they, and it ended up being great. Yeah. but it wasn't because of any government, you know, bidding for these for these things. No, it because just, if, we, if we relied on that, it would never happen. it would, ne- it would never happen. And that's why we lose out on all this crap is because of the division of the city I mean, the We
1: couldn't even get the MLS here. The MLS was begging to come here, I mean, right, right? Begging. Oh, I mean, you go back even further in uh in the um in the early nineties whenever they had the Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. Jacksonville Jaguars, we're supposed to be here in St. Louis. Right. Yep. They're supposed to be the St. Louis Stallions. The NFL's like, look, we want to come there. We think you should have a team. Get your shit together, and you will have one. That's all we were told. We were basically told. We were the giving a cheat sheet. Yeah, <laughs> we, we're going to take you to Disney World. All you have to do is keep your room clean for, for one week.
0: Yeah. And we couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. It's, a, it's the exact same shit.
1: it Is it has, it's the same it, shit that's been going on?
0: It hasn't changed. It's the same shit that's going on for 20 years, for 30 years, for 40 years. It's this 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 ununified region that has no central government. It's ridiculous. And
1: it, I think a lot of us like sometimes a lot of us St. Louis they they kind of like to feel sorry for themselves too. They
0: do. Absolutely they do.
1: I, I I'm just so
2: surprised our podcast is turning into a political community what is out.
0: This, of, we're, we're
2: we're advocating for governmental We've change. All,
0: I mean, cuz it just shows what this community can do. No, yeah, you're when absolutely, you right. absolutely when you have come together and put and get their shit together and put on an event like this. Like, look, St. Louis, we can do stuff. We St. Louis, <laughs> we, if we if we had a re, if we had a centralized <laughs> if our government, government. forces well, come together,
1: we can do stuff. You, you know who actually who used to really lead this community was one of the Bushes. It usually oh, like yeah. of, it was usually like Augie
0: Bush. Yep. Yeah, but when the old man died, yeah, I mean he was that the, was it
1: because his, his son's a fuck
0: up. He was the regional government.
1: Absolutely. Oh, the, the, the buck stopped with him. Pretty well, much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was one of the world's largest companies. Yeah.
0: I hope we have time to talk about it enough. You know, Walt Disney wanted to build a resort mm-hmm. in downtown St. Louis. Yep. Yes. And the story is that he got on Augie's bad side because he said they weren't going to sell beer at the park. And so Augie put the kibosh on his little... Well, on heard, his little Walt Disney World on the river.
1: Okay, and I heard another story, too, that Walt Disney wanted some place where people could go year-round yep. and not just during the summer. So that's yep. another reason why he chose Florida over St. Louis, well, too. Well,
0: I mean, they, he chose Florida several years after he, they shut down the St. Louis plans. The St. Louis thing was going to going to happen. I mean, there were plans drawn and everything. With, with it centered around the uh, Spanish Pavilion, which is now the okay. hill to the ballpark. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, very crazy stuff.
1: Those are the things that you learn here on the last on the Last Man Up podcast. It's been a very eye opening. podcast.
2: <laughs> it's been a really good I, show.
1: I didn't say much, but I learned a lot. Special thanks to uh, Mike Wellington and for Katie Kearney for joining us. And uh, this is Matt Berger for War, Clay Byersdorfer and Andy Hanselman here to tell you if you can't love the one you love, the one you want, love the one you're with.
0: See on the other side. Don't let your meat loaf.